Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Lessons with Troy, the podcast. I'm your host, Troy Brenning-Meyer. Well, this week, I'm happy to welcome back Alan Akaka for another episode of Hawaiian Steel Guitar Talk Story. We're going to kick off this episode with my attempt at playing his arrangement of the song When Hilo Hattie Does the Hilo Hop. If you want to learn how to play this song, we're offering the tablature, jam track, and performance track on my other site, onlinelessonvideos.com. Also, if you're interested in learning more about playing lap steel, dobro, weisenborn, or pedal steel, be sure to check out my site, lessonswithtroy.com, where you'll find lots of downloadable video lessons and lots of free samples too. Right now, here's the song When Hilo Hattie Does the Hilo Hop, followed by my interview with Alan Akaka. Lessons with Troy, the podcast. I'm Troy Brittany Meyer. Uh, happy once again to be talking with Alan Akaka, a Hawaiian steel guitar talk story. Let's go ahead and welcome Alan Akaka all the way from Hawaii. How's it going, Alan? Aloha, Troy, and aloha, everybody. It's nice to be back with you so we can chat. As we say in Hawaiian, we, we're going to do kuka kuka. In other words, talk story. Talk story, yeah. Kuka yeah. kuka. Yeah. So, 
so what do you what have you been up to today? I know I know last time we talked it was uh, you had the Kauai Steel Guitar Festival and that's come and gone. I know you're probably preparing for the the next one in Maui, but uh, what's yeah. going on? The well, yeah. let me let me share about the Kauai Steel Guitar Festival first. Sure, it was tremendous. Uh, it, it was major success. Uh, even the mayor of Kauai showed up to welcome the crowd, and and he was elated. We had people on the open stage from the morning till the afternoon, and they came from all over. I mean, not only from Kauai, but from Canada, from uh, the states, the mainland U.S. And uh, in the evening, we had some great artists, you know, like uh, Jeff Ahoy, Bobby Ngano, uh, Greg Sardina. From Kauai, we had uh, Kirk Smart, um, who has an amazing son who not only plays uh, a, a good guitar, but he also writes his own music, and he's a teenager. Great, great talent. Uh, let's see, Kilipaki Vaughn, whose father is the famous Palani Vaughn, um, a great singer. Uh, Kilipaki, by the way, is one of my students. And then also Ed Puno, who is a top still guitarist on the island of Kauai. So um, it was great. In fact, uh, when we had to move into the ballroom, the place was so packed, the hotel had to add more chairs. Nice. It was fantastic. Uh, and, and, and for two nights, we had jam sessions we call Kani Kapila. And uh, luckily, we could go in, into the bar. There was plenty of room. We could rearrange the furniture. People brought in their ukuleles, guitars, steel guitars, even even the bass, or a couple of basses. And we started jamming. And, and it, it, it was fantastic to hear all music, mostly Hawaiian music. And, oh, even the fiddle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Still guitar students brought his fiddle. And it, 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 was, it was just a fun jam. And so... With that, um, that being said, in Maui, we plan to do the same thing. Like you were there last year, and um, we're going to have a great lineup. But not only one day, but two days of open stage, two days of evening concerts. We call Ho'o Laulea, and we, we're going to have about twelve artists. So six on each evening. The artists will be coming from the states as well as from Hawaii and Japan. Um, so it, it's really exciting. Of course, we're going to have our concapilla in the evening too. Yeah, yeah. How late does that end up going? I, I know last time I didn't didn't check it out, but uh, well, it'll go until about midnight because you know we got to get up early the next morning and and start the music again. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it it it. I mean, uh, did you come to any of the concapilla? You know, the- I I didn't. Yeah, I. I well, because I, you're I didn't stuck, know you're stuck on the other side of the island one, one day. I know. I yeah, yeah, yeah. But but um, uh, you know, the room gets packed with people. Uh, there's lots of music. It goes on till about midnight. And, and how, how does that work? I I know you know I've been to bluegrass jams and stuff. But what what is a typical Hawaiian jam like? Is some do you go around the circle and call tunes? Are people singing? How how does that work exactly? Uh, more or less go around the circle, but somebody may call a tune out of order, which is fine. And then we start the song, sing it, and then, uh, you know, wh- whoever wants to uh, take a pa'ani or, or uh, an instrumental, all they have to do is give us a nod, and then they do it. We try to do it within the circle. And if somebody wants to 
pass. That's fine. And and, and it becomes really fun. And sometimes we'll, we'll, we'll go around two or three times and, and, and so on. So, um, it, you know, you know, and especially when you have your favorite refreshment next to you, you know, it, it can be a really good jam session. <laughs> and everybody's playing at the same time or, or people taking breaks or not really playing. How does that work? Well, everybody's playing, even the still guitars, but they know to, to, bring their volume down when somebody else is playing an instrumental, you know, um, and, and everybody else, you know, who has a rhythm instrument will be just strumming along or, or picking along on the bass. And then when it's time to sing, we all sing. Plus we have a book that we normally use and, uh, we call it the blue book. It, uh, it, it's packed of songs, Hawaiian songs, and it has chords and as well as, you know, uh, translation next to the lyrics. The book is about that thick, so so we could do a few nights of songs just by flipping through that book. But in many cases, especially if you go to a local party here, nobody brings a book. <laughs> you know, everybody starts singing, and and if you know the song, you sing along, and many people start harmonizing too. It's great. Yeah, yeah. It, it's something that I grew up with hearing it, people harmonizing. And, and it seems like here, you know, people are born with that talent. You know, they, they, they'll start harmonizing. They'll sing up a third or sing down um, a fourth. And you hear this three-part harmony going on, and it sounds like a choir at times. And, and, and you know, you, you can do something like that on the steel guitar as well. Yeah. You know, with harmony. In fact, I think Richard had a question about that. Yeah, yeah. We had a couple questions. And, and uh, you know, for any of our listeners or viewers that's that's seeing this, you know, if you have a question, let me or Alan know and we'll try to answer it in the podcast. You know, it's a great way to uh, to get your questions answered. So yeah, this one came off Facebook. Uh, Richard asks, he says, I seen in a video I seen a video of him and another guy who was playing a fry fry pan type lap steel, doing a lot of twin stuff. Uh, twin harmonies baffle me. And when he's talking about twin stuff, he means harmonies like two harmonies. He says, is there a general rule of thumb as a starting point to find harmonies like a third or a fifth, etc.? cetera? Um, yeah, that was his question. Okay. Yeah. And, and uh, Richard and I just became Facebook friends. <laughs> so aloha to you, Richard. Uh, as far as harmony is concerned, what we do here in the islands is we sing in parallels. So, the first one, first harmony part that uh, that we would want to hear is a third above the melody. Uh, some of the old timers used to call it the tenor part, and then the part below it, down about a fourth normally. Um, the old timers called it the alto part. So if the melody went up, uh, the parts went up. If the melody went down, the parts went down. And I mean, that's the general rules. So when it comes to the steel guitar, <clears throat> and uh, he mentioned that he saw somebody with a, a, um, a fry pan, I'm going to guess that was Bobby Ngano. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. And, and, and so Bobby would play the melody, I would play the harmony. Maybe sometimes we would switch, but I'm, I'm very comfortable with playing a harmony part. But again, it's, you know, knowing the melody and, and, and playing the third above. 
the, the beauty of the steel guitar, I might add, is that you can slide the bar. So if it's not the right note, you can slide up into the right note. Yeah. Uh, and, and try to try to be sneaky about it, of course. Uh, and, you know, um, in order to get that, just like singing, uh, try it out, you know, uh, follow along um, while somebody's singing. Try to follow along on your steel guitars. See if you can find that there. Well, <clears throat> if you know the melody and you can play the melody, then try to find a part just above that and and it should sound by itself almost like a melody. Should sound almost like a melody. Now, when when you find a, a, an instrumental or a vocal that is singing that song and you know the melody, play along with it. Practice. Uh, do it a few times until you get it right. Then you'll start to find patterns. Then you can go from one song to another song with the same basic ideas. The more you do it, like like practicing technique, you'll get it. Yeah, yeah. Now I'll tell you what what is a little more difficult is when you add a third voice to this, you know a steel guitar trio, for example. And so somebody's playing the melody. Important thing is a person playing the melody got to stay stick to the melody, and hopefully the person knows the melody, because <laughs> if not, it, it can be chaotic. And and um, once that person is is set. Then you know the third above can probably find a part. It's a fourth below the alto part that can become a little hairy. But then again, it's something that can be practiced, you know. And and eventually you get it. It's like somebody singing by ear. Same thing, you know. You, you know you got to work on it. But so Richard, try it out and and see what you get. Um, I know in in listening to say many rock albums when there are only two voices you don't necessarily sing in parallels it's a little different but then again that's a different style of harmony which works obviously yeah but for for us yeah it's just parallel moving parallel together so, so you're not thinking so much um like i know when i when i play harmonies or, or improvise i'm thinking of the chord progression and and maybe, you know, you can move chord to chord and especially on lap steel, you know, you can kind of cheat and <laughs> kind of play, you know, notes out of that chord in whatever position you're in, you know. Yeah, sort of, but, but, and, and, and that's important, knowing the chords. However, you know, a lot of locals here in Hawaii yeah. who play steel guitar don't read music. So they have to rely on their ears. And, um, and, and and sometimes and and this is this is what I grew up with. Yeah. Sometimes the harmony note that has been sung is not in the chord. But oh. it still sounds fine. Yeah. It just works. You know, I, I have to get over that because you know I have I was classically trained. You know, not on steel guitar, of course, but I was classically trained. So that's a no no. But but you know what? In our Hawaiian music, it works. So yeah, so they're definitely thinking more like a singer would think, as opposed to like a, what a instrumentalist would think, almost. Right. Yeah. Right. So Richard, hope that helps. Well, we got another question. Um, this sure. comes from Aaron Radford, and and uh, if any of you don't know Aaron, he has a website called the Wisenborn Information Exchange. 
And uh, I'm, he interviewed me on there, and he has you know lots of other other people too. But it's all about Weisenborn or the Weisenborn style guitar. So he says, um, where does the hollow neck Weisenborn fit in with Hawaiian culture, past and present? Well, so the original Hawaiian guitar, or what we call to, today the steel guitar, mm-hmm. was an acoustic guitar. I mean, not necessarily the Weizenbarn, right? Because the Weizenbarns came out, you know, in the early 20th century, whereas the steel guitar itself first emerged uh, in the late 1800s. And, um, you know, along with the Dobros and the Nationals, yeah, uh, the, the Weizenbarn was a very very sweet sounding guitar because it's made of wood um it you know it, it sounded very different from the tritone um the weisenbart i have which is from 1929 uh, it, it 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 sings out very well considering it doesn't have any cone or tricones yeah and, and sounds very good so so um today but in today's music, since the 40s and 50s, the electric guitar, after it emerged, you, you know, um, the Rickenbacker, you know, uh, before the war, um, the electric guitar became the guitar to play. Why? Because it was amplified, it, uh, it sustained better than the acoustic guitars, and, and so on. So the ones who actually played the Wazin Barnes today, are, are, are playing more, I, I'm talking about Hawaiian music now, uh, are, are, are playing more period music, 1920s, 1930s, because it, it, it sounds perfect for that sound, better than the electric guitars. And yet, you know, I, and, and I've used my Weizenbarn at gigs, you know, it, 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 for, for the style I play, it, for the music I play too, which is more 40s, 50s, it doesn't fit as well. Maybe it's part the tone. Um, there's no sustain. Uh, the kind of things that you might do on on an acoustic guitar, you don't necessarily do on an electric guitar because it's the sustain for one. Yeah, yeah. And, and you can raise the volume and so on. You know, you don't have to pick so hard. Um, what tuning so, do you keep your Weizenborn in? I, I use the C6. Okay. All this time, but you know, I. I can go to the detuning. Um, my national is is in the detuning. And speaking of the Weizenbaum type guitars, I, I know there are folks out there who are building them. Uh, there's a company here in Hawaii that is building. That's what they build: Weizenbaum type guitars. And um, I believe the name is Eisman. I S. Yes. Yeah. In fact. I just spoke to one of the partners a couple of days ago. Okay, okay. Matthew. And, um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I did tell him, you're the only ones that are building steel guitars regularly here in the islands. I know there are others that build electric guitars, electric steels, but it's not what they normally do. But uh, Eisman does it. That's that's what they do. Yeah, I, so, I saw them online. Um, I actually contacted them. They're, they're going to be a, a future... Uh, guest on the podcast that we're going to talk all about great yeah yeah their business and uh you know koa wood and all the you know just everything wisenborn you know so i'm excited to have them on there greg sardina has one 
I've seen that video on YouTube. He has a, a video of him playing. I forget what the tune is. Uh, I think it might be uh, on the beach at Waikiki. I think oh, really? on that one. Yeah, yeah it, it sounds good. It's a really good instrument for somebody who wants a Weizenbarn style guitar. Um, and uh, I'm sure you can go to Eisenman.com. I believe that that's their that's their email. I mean their uh, website. But yeah, very nice instruments. Nice. Very, very, very nice. Especially with the rich, uh, the wood. They look so rich. And so, uh, but you know, for, for what I do, you know, the gigs I do, um, it doesn't really call for a Weisenbart. So as far as, uh, you know, what, you know, in relationship to Hawaiian culture, well, as far as culture is concerned, uh, the Weisenbart style guitar doesn't have much to do with the culture itself other than music. And, and um, for me, it's more of a certain period. So you don't see very much of it. Although I had students um, who, who played that kind of guitar and, and they liked that style period music. I mean, somebody from Germany, somebody who lives here. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so on, that's what they wanted. And they wanted me to teach them music from that time period. And not necessarily the music of the forties and fifties. Yeah. So. Well, great. Yeah. Thanks, Aaron, for that question. That's a that's a that's a cool yes, question. Thank you, Aaron. Yeah, I had always wondered that too because you always hear the Weizenborn, and we talked about this earlier. Being, uh, they always call it a Hawaiian instrument. And then the more I listen to Hawaiian music and go to your festivals and and things, the more I'm. I never really see Weizenborns, you know, it seems electric uh, lap steels are the, are the instruments people are playing. Well, Greg, Greg Sardina, if, if anybody in, you know, any of my contemporaries is the one who would be playing a guitar like that. I mean, he will, mm -hmm. um, you know, I mean, I, I have a national, I have a Weizenborn, I have a Canopus, Japan made Weizenborn like guitar, which, which, uh, I put a pickup in, and I, I've used it when I played with Debashish. Ah, yeah, and and I I did a few concerts with him, and so I I used that guitar, um, and and you know it sounded great, uh, but again it's you know it's 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 not so much my sound, but um, yeah, yeah, it, it sounded sounded very, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we were talking earlier, you know, before we got. The, the podcast started and and uh you were showing me some some sheet music that you had gotten from a i guess why don't, why don't you show our, our viewers and talk a little bit about this what you were talking about with me yeah i was digging around in my files um i have a cabinet full of music sheet music handwritten sheet music as well um and and i dug this up now the front cover says steel guitar, and then looking through this are songs that were performed, excuse me, I have to, performed by Hilo Hattie herself. And this was her, this was the music for, for the steel guitars, which, which I was, at least for her last gig. And so um, I was honored to be invited to play steel guitar for her i was a young kid uh -huh. I, I was really new to the scene and why she chose me i don't know or um anyway so this was the music off for the show so as you can see the introductions and everything 
uh, the chords are written out. These are these were her hit songs. The people loved hearing them, and she would talk about it, them introduce them, and start singing and and doing her style dance. You can see here. Yeah. So when you're when you're reading these charts, I'm seeing you know three part voiced chords and and then the chord written above it. How much of that are you sight reading? Are you are you uh, following the melody, or what's your job when you're reading these? My job is to fill, and and um, in some cases, you know, I, I I I would just pretty much play my own fills, but I would follow this format as far as chord progressions. Okay. Um, and you know, it, it was really tough because I was so new on the scene. I could read music. Maybe that's one reason why I was hired. I could read music, um, whereas. You know, many many steel guitars here, like I mentioned earlier, could not. So so you know, I could kind of follow along. Um, of course, if I did this today, it would be much different from many years ago. Yeah, that was about in the seventies, so <laughs> late seventies, I believe. And and, and so um, yeah, just a kid. Um, it, but it was an honor to play with Hilo Hattie, Auntie Clara, and you know. Um, now I don't know anything about her. I mean, what uh, can you inform our listeners too a little bit about her? Her name was Clara Inter, I N T E R, from the from the islands, and she was a school teacher. She was hired by by um, uh, let's let's see, uh, Harry Owens, the famous band leader who came to the Royal Hawaiian Hotel and performed there, who wrote many, 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 many songs, like Tea Sweetheart, Aloha, Hawaii Calls, and and, 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 and so on. Um, so, um, um, if I recall the story, she was, she wanted to do a song, Hilo Hattie, uh, no, somebody had written a song called Hilo Hattie Does a Hilo Hop. Uh, I think it was Johnny Noble, Don McDermott, and one other person. And so um, I don't think they wanted her to do that, but she did it anyway, and the people loved it. And so she took on the name of Hilo Hattie. I guess somebody called her Hilo Hattie, ah, okay. not knowing her real name. So she kept the name. It became hers legally. Uh, and, and she used it as a stage name, of course. Um, and, and people around the world remember that name, Hilo Hattie. And she was in... Well, she, she moved to the mainland. She she followed Harry Owens. Uh, she was you, you can see YouTube videos of her performing on Harry Owens' television show on KTLA. I believe it was Channel Four back then in those days when there were much fewer channels. Mm -hmm. uh, all black and white shorts, and 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 she's dancing. Uh, she she's singing. I mean, she looks great and everything. So. You know, she, she did the mainland circuit and so on during her hit songs. Um, she was in movies in Hollywood. Uh, so she really made a name for herself. Well, anyway, so she returned back home. Um, and she moved to an area called Ka'a'ava, which is on the North Shore. And uh, she lived there with her husband, uh, Carlisle Nelson, who was a violinist. And he also played some steel guitar. So, um, 
before she fully retired, she did one last stint at the Halikulani Hotel. And I was just still guitars. I was given this music. I was given this music to learn and so on. And uh, they never asked for it back. <laughs> so I kept it. So, so, so it should go in the Smithsonian. But right now I have it in the Kaka Museum here. There you go. <laughs> Along with a lot of other great music, you know, uh, handwritten music by Benny Kalama, who, who I played with at the Halikulani for, for years, like, you know, for about almost 20 years. And, you know, he taught me a lot about music you know, because he was the band leader for Hawaii Calls, the music director for Hawaii Calls. Some of these arrangements that you hear on, on the albums were his arrangements. Fantastic, the singing and everything. He would take the lead sometimes, but more than that, he would sing above the melody. Um, and, uh, oh, yeah, he had a he had a great ear, great ear. Um, I mean, just a little side note: when we used to drive down to Waikiki because we both lived in Kailua, yeah, you know, I would have the radio tuned out to the Hawaiian station, and he would start humming a, an obligato part. You know, uh, it's a part like a violin obligato, which kind of weaves around the melody. Doesn't necessarily follow the melody, but card-wise, you know, it it does. And I thought it was the most amazing thing. He could hear that, you know, wow. and, and so on. Considering he didn't go to college for music, everything he learned was from high school and on the street. He could write music and so on. So anytime a new song came out, he would handwrite it. Really? The melody and his, his penmanship was so neat and clean. With all the words and everything, uh, the lyrics, I mean. Uh, so... You know, I, I, I got part of his collection, so I I guard it, you know, dearly. Um, and I have music from others, Sonny Kamahele, who I used to play with too, some of his handwritten music, as well as some other composers around here, um, originals, some that actually became hits. Yeah. So, you have uh, um, Jerry Bird uh, tablature that, that he wrote out for you? Well, I have that, and I, I have some music Jerry Bird wrote, some arrangements for for a group. You know, like uh, we did some recordings together, and uh, in one in particular, Island's Call, one of my CDs featuring Alan Akaka and the Islanders, he wrote out all of the steel guitar tabs for me, Barney Isaacs, and him, because we're a trio on the album. Ah. And it's the only album ever with a trio of Hawaiian steel guitarists. Then he wrote the music for the band too. All the arrangements turned out great. Now, what's really, that? Really, really what's good. that album? I haven't heard that one. Oh, it was um, produced here, and and um, it was financed by a, a Japanese company, JVC or ah. Victor Music Company in in Tokyo. Yeah, and so it was sold mostly there, and and, and so on. Um, nice. I wonder if I have somebody sent me a copy. If you if you hold on a moment, yeah. um, let's see if I can find it. I don't know if I have it here or not. I have it somewhere. Um, yeah. I've told you before. I use Spotify. You know, a lot of times because it's just so easy to to find music. But a lot of albums like that that are kind of hard to find, it, it'll never. You know. Yeah, well, no. Uh, you know. Um, Maybe we can talk about it another time, but I, sure. I don't see it here. I, 
I have it somewhere. Um, somebody actually, I guess years ago, bought a whole bunch, and he, he sent me a, a an unopened copy, which uh, I might have um, put in a secret place because I can't find it. Oh, <laughs> I tell you what. I have so many things here. Um, I got to get a chair like yours. I love that. You can push, you can push the arms up. I had this by Johnny, oh, Johnny cool. Farina. Nice. I've never seen that one. It's yeah. autographed too. Well, I, yeah, he, he autographed it and gave it to me the last time I saw saw him in in St. Louis at Scotty's uh, convention. Uh, oh, here it is. Cool. I'm open. Take a look at that. Oh my gosh. Jerry, Barney, and me. Island's call. Wow, I gotta, I gotta buy that from you. If you got, if you got extras, I'd love to get a copy of that. Well, I tell you what, my friend in Japan may have. Um, yeah, it, it, it's a classic album. Um, maybe I can, maybe you know, have it reprinted and so on. I mean, yeah, at least put really it on iTunes or something. You collect, think. collector's item. It really is because. Just about everybody on that recording is gone, oh. except for maybe two, two possibly three of no two of us. There's only two people on the, that entire album that is still around, and it's hard to see. I, I'm going to show you, but you see that group of people. Yep, yep. Many members of the Hawaii Calls group. That's why I called called it Islands Calls. So it was a re reunion of singers and musicians, and they're gone. Wow. They're all gone. And these, these were the people I played with. So amazing. Yeah. Just amazing. So anyway, you know, for Auntie Clara, as I used to call her, okay. although everybody else knew her as Hilo Hattie, yeah, Auntie Clara, you know, and she spoke uh, in uh she was fluent in the Hawaiian language. And, you know, interesting, many people from the islands moved to to uh, the States. And, and you know, I'm sure they use their language amongst their own groups. Um, uh, and and they, they spoke English, of course. But it, it would be so neat to hear the Hawaiian language, you know, somewhere else other than Hawaii. And, and, um, and yeah, she could just spit it out. Uh, I, in fact, she did that on, on one of the YouTube videos with, with Harry Owens. She and uh, another famous hula dancer who lived in Hollywood as well, Napua Woods. She wrote a song that became a huge hit, um, Hale Iwa Hula. And her granddaughter is uh, uh, um, one of the music icons here today. Um, um, what's... <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think of her name. Anayali E. Gilliam. Um, oh, gosh. Somebody will tell me afterwards after they view this. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I can see her. I know her. We're Facebook friends. Um, <laughs> Amy. Okay. Amy Anayali E. Gilliam. Yeah. So, anyway, so so I, I, I remember uh, Auntie Jenny and uh, Auntie Clara speaking Hawaiian on TV. I mean, oh, just cool. a little short something. Yeah, yeah. Great to hear. Great to hear. But uh, and anyway, what I what I did too because you know I found this 
is I wrote out a, a tab arrangement for when Hilo Hattie does the Hilo Hop. And um, even though it wasn't written for her, it's because of that song that she became Hilo Hattie. Yeah, yeah. So, so um, it, it, it's, 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 a, it's a fun song, you know, with the lyrics and everything. Uh, and there's some words in there that we would never use uh, in, in, in Hawaii. Not that they're not bad words. It's just words that we would. In fact, I don't think we, we use those words today in our English language. It's it's dated, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but uh, anyway, it's a great song. And sure. uh, I, I can play a little of it right now. Sure. So people yeah. can hear what it sounds like. Um, let's see. Let me pick up my trusty still guitar. There we go. And I'm gonna I'm gonna lower my camera. So just to give folks an idea. Uh, and then we'll make we'll make the music, the tab, as well as the backing track available. For sure. So yeah. so if anybody wants to you know learn this song. Yeah. So it goes of this are on the tab okay um, I wrote it it's about a medium level so that if somebody you know even beginners can attempt to play it those who uh, who play well it, it should be easy for you nice nice yeah I always so, enjoy these arrangements that you're that, you know we're sharing on the online lesson videos you know it's 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 really cool man yeah what I, well, well, I, yeah. I don't know. I'm going to challenge you to um, to go ahead and and and, and learn it and, and then make a uh, make a recording of it for for the audience. I, I don't know if you have time. You're a busy man, <laughs> uh, but you did a great job on on uh, Song of the Islands. Oh, that's our a, last uh, podcast. That's a huge so, compliment. Your your voice is always going in my head. It's about the the patas and smoothing every note out. You. Oh boy, you would not believe how many takes I tried to do to just get get that. I I'll admit this. I'll actually admit this because some people. But I would uh, I was using Pro Tools, and instead of me playing through the whole tune, I would get one little section, and I would play that until I finally got it smooth enough. And then really? I move on to the next section. Oh, is that how you did it? No wonder it sounded great. In fact, you know, just for your audience, yeah. Um, you know, talking about the sweet spot on the bar right okay. over here. And actually, two things I want to cover. The sweet spot on the bar makes a big difference when you're playing, you know. It sounds so thin when you get close to the rounded part. As you get towards the center of the bar, you can hear, actually hear a slight change in tone.
So I, I, I never play with the rounded part unless I have to. Because, you know, I, I'm always looking for a nice, fat, rich tone. The other thing, too, and I see this with uh, many players, is, um, you know, kind of, kind of, as they move, it's it's like somebody's doing fingerings on a fretboard, on a guitar, ukulele. Okay. Where uh, the pressure is taking off the bar. I'm not talking about necessarily lifting the bar. I'm talking about, you know... You know, I, I can hear a little buzz. So so two things. You know, play in the sweet spot right around here in the center of the bar, mm -hmm. as well as maintain the pressure on the bar. And and even it's important for the pressure, bar pressure, it, it, when you go into slants, you know, Maintain that bar pressure or, or kind of lean into the next note, just slightly, not much. Because if you don't, you, this might happen. You hear that little buzz or you may lose a note, which you don't want. And it's all about sustained connecting, you know, um, bringing, yeah, connecting all the notes within the phrase yeah now i had a comment on my version of song of the islands and, and i think you've made this comment too maybe some of our uh, listeners do this too but uh he said that i didn't i sounded more country than hawaiian and he said because uh you know i didn't have the hawaiian style vibrato i don't know if you oh. have anything to, you know i thought you sounded pretty good tone wise uh you're 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 uh, your approach to the slides, you slow on. Yeah, the vibrato is very important. Very important. Um, uh, you know, not too fast, not too slow. Obviously, you know, you don't want to sound like you know you just um, went around in circles a hundred times. Yeah. You no. Know? And you don't want to sound like uh, what Jerry Bird would say, a mosquito. <laughs> you know this. Something like this. Okay. That's the sound right there. That's that's what I'm I'm trying for. Yeah, that that vibrato is it is so crucial. I think to getting that sound. Absolutely. You know, it's a little bits. Yeah, little parts. You know, you put them all together and. You know, you get that Hawaiian sound, uh, so characteristic of Hawaiian music and musicians of yesterday. It, it's th that sweetness of tone um, of Hawaii. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, very good, Alan. We're probably well, approaching good. the end. <laughs> Absolutely. So anyway, I enjoyed this uh, podcast with you. I'm enjoying everyone with you, Sure. Yeah, well, thank you. I am too. It's It's... It's a joy, and I, I really feel like, you know, it's it's very cool to document all these stories and songs, and, and I can just see this keep going, hopefully, as long as we both can do it, you know? Absolutely. Well, let's continue. Um, and, and, and to the folks out there, if you have any questions, please ask. Um, you know, uh, yeah, if I can share something, I will. 
if I can answer your question, I will. I'll, I'll do um, whatever. Very good. So Very good. anyway, thank you, Troy, and uh, thank you to all the listeners out there. Hope you have a beautiful Hawaiian day. I know <laughs> it's awfully cool over here. It's probably in the lower seventies. Yep, yep. That's why I have to bundle up. <laughs> yeah, you know what? You know what's outside my window right now is about. I don't know, four inches of snow. We got. Oh, ouch. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. If I, if I want to freeze, I'll go into my freezer. But right now, I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable right now, but I do have to bundle up. <laughs> well, thanks so much, sure. Alan. It's always a, always a pleasure. Take care and to you and everybody, aloha. <laughs>